I think that's one thing I've enjoyed so much about this is it makes me train myself as much as it makes me train my horse, you know, and no other discipline gave me that where this truly does. Like I am pushing my body just as hard as I'm pushing my horse. And to me, that's just, it's just perfect for me. Right. Cause that's just, it just fits me so well. I just love the fact that everything that I'm doing for myself is directly related to what I'm doing with my horse and vice versa. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Hello, hello. Good good afternoon. We no longer record in the morning. (laughs) I was about to say good morning and then I was like, wait. <laughs> it's not morning. <laughs> it's not morning. Well, it's been a minute since Camry and I have talked. So you guys get to listen to us catch up on all the things <laughs> a little bit <laughs> as we go. Camry's had a really fun vacation. She got to go to Mexico and ride horses on the beach. <laughs> so we we put a pause so you could go do that. Yeah. And Michaela went and did her 25 mile endurance ride on her little mare that she's been prepping for for so long and fun sandy for those of you guys who've been following us since the beginning you'll know sandy (laughs) (laughs) well so our episode today we're gonna just kind of talk about a couple of recent things that have been going on horse wise so um Michaela's endurance ride. We'll start with that one and then we'll jump into a little bit of uh, a recent clinic that I put on up in Harriman. So we'll let Michaela start. Tell us all the fun things you learned about your first endurance ride with Sandy. And it's been your what, your second endurance ride total or third? Second. So the first one I did was a 50 mile ride on a friend's horse of mine. And then I was going to do a hundred mile ride and he ended up coming up lame. Um, So we had to pull out of that ride. And then did my ride on Sandy, which was actually last weekend. Um, Super fun. I've learned a ton from all of it. So I guess, Camry, I'm going to kind of let you interview me a little bit so I have a direction on where to go because there's just so much. Um, I feel like I've learned just from a me standpoint and a rider standpoint, but also from a horse standpoint and trainer standpoint from it. Um, So where should I start? What do you want to know? So I guess, first of all, I feel like every time I've ever gone to a new event that I haven't been to before, the environment at each event is so different, you know, like the, just the standards of, um, like at open shows, when you go like there, everyone brings pretty much unloads their entire trailer into a tax stall and, and has all their show clothes and all their fancy things. But then when I went to a cutting show, it was very chill and people just had like one rack of like their spray, like fly sprays or whatever, and their um, brushes and things that they needed and then hooks for their bridles and, and halters. Like, and, and that was it. And it's just funny how like every environment of, of a, an event is just so different. So I'm kind of curious what you thought going into it. And as far as like what camp was like and what it was like, the, the whole environment as a whole. So. Yeah. Um, so 
my I, I will kind of give like preface this my experiences with shows have been primarily like on the back end where I've helped people um like on the collegiate level with their horses or do different things and I never loved it because it was so high stress everyone seemed to be pretty ornery with each other they would get upset about what horses they pulled because we, we were doing specific pleasure classes and it just was not my thing and then like with me I tend to be a little bit more high anxiety anyways and so just that show aspect of being judged was also just something that that really set me off and it's been something that's really kept me from showing quite a bit just because that that environment so with the endurance ride I was a little bit nervous that it would be similar where people would just be looking at me and go oh my gosh you know nothing like look at your horse your horse knows nothing you guys you know and just kind of have that attitude um and I I expected it to be pretty crazy because you have like a lot of horses probably like 50 plus horses camped in a little area um and I just expected it to be like really loud and have the horses pretty upset and pretty anxious and you know just just normal tense stuff that happens around horses um and I I really expected it to like the beginning of the ride to just like the movies you know <laughs> when you see those horse races where it's kind of tense and you're holding horses back and then like they say go and everybody takes off that's kind of what I expected right going into this so it was not that way at all. It's been pretty amazing. So I've been to three different camps now and in different areas. So all over the place, we went to uh, kind of the Boise area for one and then Oregon for another and then down like in southern Idaho um, for the third. And in both places, it is very similar, just really relaxed. Everyone is super, super nice. Like I have yet to meet anyone that isn't nice at these camps and you know I'm there's always going to be one person I'm sure but so far I have not met that person but it's just yeah it's so relaxed like everyone is so willing to help you everyone is so willing like if you forget something everyone always has extra of something so um like one ride a guy next to us had forgotten his breast collar so he borrowed one of ours and it was no big deal and just just everyone's super friendly and super understanding too and have been really helpful for me when I've had questions and like, I like, just, just go, I know nothing. I'm brand new. Like, please just fill me in on what all this is. And everyone from like vets to ride managers to just other riders have been really so nice and just so happy to explain everything and to be like, Oh yeah, of course. Like, let me show you this. And, um, also people like this last ride that I did with Sandy and we'll get into that a little bit more just was able to ride with some random people I met on the trail and just asked like, Hey, like, are you okay if I pace with you? And sure. And made a couple of new friends. Like it was just very relaxed and chill. And, and I've, I've loved it. It, it definitely has been one of those. I'm like, okay, like this is, this is the sport I can do because it's just, everyone is so nice and so accommodating. Um, from a horse standpoint too, all the horses are very relaxed at camp. And I, that was something I really wasn't expecting. You know, I was expecting there to be quite a bit more upset with the horses on the horse side of things, but now they're all very chill. Like even your Arabians, all of your thoroughbreds, like all, you have so many different breeds, which is so fun too, which you don't see at other shows as much because normally you've got like, oh, you're going to a, any kind of Western show. It's probably going to be quarter horses or you're going to jumping. It's probably going to be warm bloods or what, what have you. And here we have everything from there was a Shetland at this one race to there was a Frisian, like somebody completed and got best condition with a Frisian. 
um, just all over the place. And then you've got a lot of Arabs as well, which is very common. And then you have all sorts of gated horses and quarter horses and Appaloosas. And it's just so fun to just even just sit as a horse person and just look at all the pretty horses. <laughs> and just be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so super fun. Um, and again, just really relaxed. And if you like camping, it's a great place too, because you just get to camp and chill and wait till your race starts. Once the race starts, it's a little bit more haphazard for the rider. Um, but my husband has come with me to everyone and he just gets to camp and read his book. And when I come in every few hours, he, he meets me with what I need and then he gets to go sit and read and he's just enjoyed it. So, so yeah, you know, it's been great. That's cool. So I know one other gal that I talked to that had a quarter horse that she took into a, an endurance race. And she said she was the only quarter horse in that one. So were, you said there were a few other quarter horses, then you weren't the only one. Oh yeah, no, there was quite a few actually, especially at this last ride with Sandy. Yeah, there was quite a few quarter horses. I was actually really surprised. There's a lot of big horses. Um, and most of the time I feel like you, you get more of like your petite horses because they tend to just cool off better and, and perform a little bit better. But no, there was there was a lot and there was um, some really big quarter horses, too, where they were probably 16 hand um, and just really stout. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's interesting, because, you know, I like the quarter horse was named after being the fastest at the quarter mile. So um, but there's probably are, were there less of those type of breeds at the hundred where it is such a, a long race? Or did you still see quite a few of the the other breeds? No, I still saw quite a few of the other breeds because they don't just do the 100 race. Like, so there there was still a 25 race. There was still a 50 and a 75 and a 100. It's just the 100 was the one I was going in to go into. Gotcha. But most places, what I've been learning so far, guys, I'm still a newbie. So take it for what it is. Um, but most places will have like a, what they call an intro ride. So something that's probably less than 25 miles. And then they've got the 25 mile LD, which is stands for long distance. So it's not technically an endurance ride until it's at least 50 miles um, and then 50. And then there's pretty few places that actually do a hundred just because it's a lot of work on the ride manager's point of view, because each rider has 24 hours to complete the race. So you have to stay up. If there's riders out there for 24 hours, you have to stay up and, and be on call for them. And you have to pay the vets through the night and, and all of the things. So I think it's a lot harder to put on. So not as many places do, um, where, when I've been looking at the schedule around me, there's quite a few fifties and lots of 25s, like almost every race that I've seen has a 25 or a 50 available, but there's never, like, I haven't seen one where it's just like, just the one miles, <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. I, I thought it was just like one race at a time, but yeah, there's multiples. That's cool. So my next question would be, I know you had a lot of like worries about how Sandy would behave in camp. Um, so kind of explain a little bit about how that went and how you felt going into it versus what it was like when you actually were there with her. Yeah. So for those of you who haven't been following us from the beginning and haven't heard all of the, all of the stories and anxieties I've had with Sandy over the last year, um, I was trailing her to a, an arena over the winter and she was just really struggling with her stress and anxiety of going to this arena. And it was kind of a big deal trying to figure out what was going on with her and how could I support her better? And like, 
all of all of that stuff. Um, but then even rewind back to that, going to the Connected Horsewoman retreat last summer with Camry. Um, she Sandy did did well the first day, but definitely like as more people kept coming in, she just got more and more anxious and kept calling out to all of the different horses. And, and I think too, like looking back, I think some of that is where I was camped because people did have to ride by me to get to some of the trail rides that we did, or to get to when you did your little clinic with them, um, the group clinic, they had to ride right by me to do that. And that was really hard for her. And she had a hard time handling the fact that everybody was leaving. And, um, I mean, got to a point where, cause I was, I was guiding some of the trail rides. I kind of thought about catching Camry's horse and taking Camry's horse on the trail ride instead of Sandy because she was being so wound up. So that's what I expected going into the endurance ride. And I was a little bit stressed about it because it was not fun to have to deal with her when she was doing that at the retreat. Um, and I, I expected it to be like that or worse at the endurance ride. And so it was something that I was really nervous about. And honestly has been the most nerve wracking thing for me was actually the camping more than the ride itself, just because I didn't want her to react that way. I didn't want her to be that stressed out. So just trying to think like, okay, how can I best support her? But I mean, really there's, there's nothing else I can do other than get her in the environment. Right. Um, but you know what? She was amazing. She was not like worried about anything at all. We had horses coming and going at all hours of the day. She did not care at all. She just sat there and watched them once in a while. She'd call back and forth to one horse that was having a hard time because his buddy left, but that was it. Like she was just so relaxed and I was shocked because I thought for sure she would just really be struggling with all of the commotion and horses leaving and coming and going. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some of it was that there were horses all over the place. So, she, you know, maybe she was never like fully alone where she felt like that at the retreat at one point or something, but she did amazing and just stayed very relaxed the entire time. Um, she definitely was a little bit stressed. Like, don't get me wrong. It was a new experience. So she definitely had that, like, like a little bit stressed, like what the heck is going on? Got a little bit sticky footed when we first started the ride um, where she just didn't want to go. She just kind of froze and had to watch people for a little bit before she was okay going forward, um, which was interesting. I didn't expect that at all either. I expected her to be a lot more antsy at the start of the ride as we're taking off with all these other horses. And she was not, she was perfectly okay walking really slow behind everybody and just watching what everybody was doing. She did not want to like go and be with the pack, which was, which was interesting. And um, there was lots of surprises actually with Sandy on the ride. I learned a lot about her and uh, like I said, had a lot of surprises where things that I thought for sure she would do, she didn't do, or things that I thought she would never do, she did. Um, so yeah, it was, it was very, a very eye-opening experience and just really interesting to bond with her more in that experience as well. Like I feel like both her and I just bonded so well. Um, even though we've been camping in, in other scenarios before, this one was just different. And the feeling even coming home with like with her, her reactions towards me have been very different, which has been really fun where she's just a lot more like, oh, hi, mom, like comes and greets me a lot better and um, doesn't second guess if I have a halter in my hand. She just comes right up and doesn't care. And so that's been really fun. Good. So I guess I kind of want to go a little deeper into like all of these things that you 
learned with her because like this is my favorite part of horsemanship right is is that being able to really feel like you two get each other and you are communicating well and that like she's handling things the way that you know she can um and and then even like the the physical things like her conditioning um you had talked to me before we started recording about um that was that the last lap where she was going with a slightly faster horse and and things so will you kind of talk about that a little bit and and just dive into some of the other things that you you learned with Sandy yeah um so let me see if I can think of like what's first here (laughs) um so one big thing that I learned that I was really surprised and honestly did a lot of second guessing myself on the trail is one thing I kept getting told by my mentor and as I've been doing research is just get to know your horse, you know, know what their pee looks like, know if they're willing to pee with you, know what their poop looks like, like know what color it is, what consistency it is. You just need to know all of these things. Cause when you're going out and you're doing something this intense with your horse, it is so important that you recognize all these things. Like for instance, at this race in particular, there was a gal who was on the 50 who pulled her horse because she peed differently. And it's really important to recognize that because if, if she hadn't, I mean, her horse was like, was okay. The vets checked her and she was fine, but there is a possibility that there could be more going on. Or if you push them harder, there could be more going on. Um, And that's one thing I really just have loved and respected about the people in the sport is just that amount of attention that they put on their horses and that amount of care and that amount of, um, thoughtfulness that goes into their horses like I said I mean they know how they pee you know they know what's different they know what's not so that's been something as I've been conditioning Sandy I've been really taking note of of okay like what is normal is she going to drink is she not going to drink is she going to eat this what kind of grass does she eat what does she like to go towards and so one thing when I was conditioning her that I was like oh my gosh we'll have no problem with was eating because she eats nonstop. And so one thing I did in our conditioning program, because she just does eat all the time and wants to eat all the time and kept trying to stop to eat was I actually trained her to walk and eat. (laughs) So that was something we did on the ground was like, yeah, you can eat, but you have to keep your feet moving just because she's so slow. We don't have time to stop because she really is really slow guys. (laughs) Um, but, um, So that was something like going into the ride that I was like, oh my gosh, well, I know if she doesn't eat, I should be concerned. That's going to be something that's going to be like a sign for me because, because she eats. Well, she didn't eat. Like, (laughs) like, and I'm, I'm in, in this race, like five miles and I'm freaking out because she won't have a piece of grass, you know? And I packed some carrots, um, in my saddlebags with me just, just in case. Cause I'm like, okay if she doesn't take the carrot, then I, then I probably will just be done and I'll, I'll walk back to camp or something because that just tells me she's in distress. So she would take the carrots just fine. And if I got off and I, and I picked the grass and gave it to her, she would eat it. So that told me like, okay, I think she's just more stressed and she's so watchy that she doesn't want to relax enough to eat. Um, but that was, that was something like, again, I thought for sure, like, oh, she will eat anything. She will teach all these horses how to eat, like (laughs) no problem. And that was a complete surprise to me that she, she didn't for a little bit. And I, um, I really had to force her and had to talk to the people that I was riding with to be like, Hey, could you just stop for a second? So she'll 
grab a few bites. Um, because if they don't eat, then you end up with bad gut sounds and you can get pulled for that as well, because that's, that's a sign of metabolic stress where they could lead to colic and, and different things. And you definitely don't want that. Um, so I was really surprised by that. Um, that was probably the most surprising thing other than with just how well she handled herself. <laughs> I was just really surprised that, that she really, even though she was stressed and she was kind of worried about things, her stress manifested as like, I just want to go slow. Like, I'm just going to slow down a little bit. And that surprised me. I thought it would be like, I thought I'd have to be holding her back a lot more. And I really didn't. It was more, especially at the beginning, it was more like, nope, come on, come on. Nope. You got to go. Like, let's go. And, and trying to figure out if I could make a game out of it. Like, can I get close enough to a group? And that's, that's how I ended up riding with this group of gals that I did was just, we ended up leapfrogging each other a couple of times. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick by him. I'll just go behind him. So she has somebody to like try to be with. Um, and that, that ended up helping her quite a bit and helping her calm down enough too, where she was eating more and drinking more, which was really good. Um, what was your other question around that? Uh, Cause I, I know you remember. had like, oh, you're the last lap when you went faster. Oh yes. So one thing to, um, with that, like, it was great to be with the group, but that group, definitely their horses were way more used to endurance and had a lot more miles under their belt and just were faster in general. Sandy's super slow guys. <laughs> so, um, so their horses were quite a bit faster and that was something it was, it was, it was kind of a catch 22. I felt like in my brain, as I was, as I was contemplating all this is like, okay, yeah, I can pace with these guys, but it is a little bit faster than where I would ideally like her to be because of where we've been conditioning at right so it's it's as fast as they were going was probably the fastest I'd ever pushed her in in conditioning just because I didn't really know like I had nothing to compare it to right so sticking with them just meant she had to go a bit faster than normal um but once once we made the decision that hey I'm going to stick close to these guys it's kind of a done deal. After that point, if I try to hold her back, then, then it just increases her stress even more. And she tries to push herself harder. Um, but then really just trying to also, also try to have her in mind as well. And just really paying attention to her and making sure I advocated like, Hey, are you okay if we just slow the pace down a little bit? Cause she's, she's, struggling a little bit keeping up with this pace and like I said guys everyone was so nice they didn't even care <laughs> they're like oh yeah sure we'll go slower you know like, oh, I love you guys <laughs> so, you know, so those were just some some things I learned as well um but also going in so with a 25 mile ride um your time for the race doesn't stop when you cross the finish line it stops when your horse's heart rate comes down to 60 and um we ended up finishing like in about fifth place, maybe seventh place, anywhere around there. And there was a so, group of, yeah. To clarify, when you say finish, like that was when you came into camp, right? It was before her heart rate had come down. Yes. So, um, so in a, like in a you 50, were... in a 50, they'll have that place where it's like, okay, either, either camps, the finish line or somewhere else is the finish line. I think normally it's camp. Um, at least the places I've been, it's camp. So once you get back to camp in a 50 or above, that's, you're done. Like your time stops. That is the place that you were in. So like, if I had been riding a 50 with Sandy, 
I would have been in fifth place no matter what, no matter where her heart rate was at that point. But in a 25, your heart rate has to be down to 60 before they stop your time. So people coming in behind you have the ability to jump place in front of you if their horse's heart rates come down faster. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify mostly for the listeners because you were talking about how um, your, your placing is based off of the heart rate. And then you had said that you came in fifth. So I was like, mm. just wanted to clarify that, like, yeah. you, you're talking about actually coming into camp in fifth. So anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, that's a great clarification. So, so came in and I was pretty excited because to finish top 10 is really good. If you finish in the top 10 place, you can compete for what they call best condition, which is just really amazing. It means your horse is in great shape and you've done a great job. Right. So I was, I was pretty excited. I was like, oh my gosh, it's our first race. We're going to come in top 10 and there was a group of maybe six gals behind me who were just behind me and they came in and all of their horses were like right at 60 the second that they came into camp. So I ended up being in last place (laughs) because all of them were able to jump in front of me because Sandy's heart rate took forever to come down. Well, and forever it, it was, it was not ideal for the race environment, but considering how fast she did have to push herself with riding with these other horses, it makes sense, right? So that that's also another thing I learned was, okay, where was her heart rate when we came in? Is this, an, like, can I push her to this level when I'm conditioning now? Is this, is this something we can reach for? Is it too much? Um, which was really helpful to have that data coming in. So like, for me, I'm like, well, I, I can definitely push her to a, a faster speed and a longer pace. Well, a longer, I can't think of a distance. Thank you. So longer distance. <laughs> um, the, she's got more in her than I, than I've been giving her credit for going forward, um, into this conditioning. So that was really helpful for me to learn as well. And even though I came in last, it wasn't like overall, it wasn't a big deal. Cause it was just, I just learned so much about her and it was really nice too. I was able to quiz the the vets on different things. Like, how does this sound? What should I do about that? And, um, it was really good. And just, again, just really cool to see where she was at. Um, because if I would have not ridden with somebody or found somebody to ride with, I really don't think I would have finished the race in time. Cause you only have six hours to finish a 25. We finished at six hours at the end of that and it it did end up being a little bit longer I think it was like closer to 30 miles um that race but I definitely would not have finished anywhere near time if I had gone at the pace that I was planning on holding her to um which was good to see as well so it's like okay we definitely need to condition at a at a faster pace um for the realities of what of what we'll be competing at yeah so I do have a question too, because I feel like I'm thinking of, I guess, my like singing background, but also like any kind of like performance. So like when I did a Cokeville cult challenge a few years ago, um, being in front of an audience while starting a cult, that was the first time I had done that. And it was like, wow, and it made my heart beat really fast. And like, same with singing and performing when you're in a new environment or doing something that's a little bit either new or outside of your comfort zone you your heart beats a little bit faster and you get a little bit excited or nervous or uncertain or any of those combination of things so do you feel like that might have influenced Sandy's heart rate at all or do you feel like at that point she was calm and relaxed and maybe that didn't wasn't a factor 
Oh no, hundred um, <laughs> percent affected her heart rate. There was a lot of things in that ride too that just didn't end up being ideal that caused a lot of stress. Um, like in the first loop, we had a loose horse we had to chase down. We had a rider come off and, and she ended up getting left by the group for a little bit because of those situations. Um, so all around it, it was not, she was not relaxed. It was all still new and she will, won't be relaxed until I get a lot more miles in camp and, and doing all of those things with her. So no, that definitely played a factor. Um, and I would, it would be interesting to see. And that's, that's something. So in my conditioning, I take her heart rate every ride as well to see where she's at. So I will be interested to see where her heart rate comes down to when I push her that fast in my conditioning, because I do think it will come down quite a bit better when we're at home. And this is the trails that she's used to with the horses that she's used to, and it's her normal environment. Um, but that's also part of what plays into the conditioning I've learned as well is you want to be able to prep them for that. So, um, that tells me like, I feel like there's probably some holes in my conditioning as far as I, I didn't push her as hard as I probably needed to in, in my conditioning. But again, I, I didn't know until this point where she was at truly, um, where I feel like now I can push her a little bit harder in training. So even if it does get stressful at the rides, she can still recover better. And so that's my goal going forward. And, um, for the rest of this season is to, is to support her recovery in high stress, stress situations, which means it's, it's going to be pushing her a little bit harder in conditioning, um, and, and help support her body to learn to come down it from those stressful situations as well. Yeah. Well, and that's a lot of what I do too, as far as being able to go back and forth between high stress and excitement and then come back to like, <laughs> it's just different when it's, you know, I've never done anything as intense as a 25 miler, you know, so that's, it's different, but it's, you know, my husband actually pointed this out to me the other day that that's what rope horses are really good at. They have to, boom, you come out of that chute as fast as they can to get that steer in, you know, hopefully less than 10 seconds and, and, uh, and then they are done for a little bit. They sit and they relax and they wait their turn. So they're really good at like being able to go from super high stress, high, you know, high performance down to relax very quickly. And I was like, oh yeah, like I didn't really think about that, but rope horses are just so good at just hanging out till it's their turn and, <laughs> and being able to transition back and forth. And I think that's kind of a, something that most horses really need to get good at. Um, that's going to help them feel better, perform better, um, be able to enjoy whatever sport it is that they're doing, whether it's trails or roping or endurance or whatever is to be able to have a little bit of that, um, that control over, over that so that they don't feel like they're prancing for two hours straight, because I tell you what, I don't think that's enjoyable for horse or rider. <laughs> so yeah, it's, no. it's just, yeah, it's so fun to like, I just, I'm, I'm loving, like you were talking about earlier, the, the consideration of the horse and, and, just that it's it's so much about their their mental state and their physical state and taking into consideration all of the different things about you and your horse to make sure that it's a good ride. And I feel like in a lot of other performance things, it's so much more about the human ego. Like 
people will not scratch a class because it's like, but I paid money for this class and I hauled my horse all the way here. I'm not going to scratch. I'm going to take my horse in it anyway, even though the horse is like having a really off day or like, you know, something wonky happened and, and, but they'll still take that horse in there and they won't scratch that class. And, and because they, they want a chance at earning their money back or, you know, whatever it is. And so it's, I just love that about it, that it's, it is so much more about really taking care of your horse in all the different ways. So that's cool. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that drew me to endurance was that idea of, Hey, doesn't matter when you come in, if you finish with your horse, your horses in good shape, you're, you won, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what place you come in. And just, just like you said, it is really cool to be in an environment because gosh, it is a lot of work to prep for these things. We can kind of talk about that. That is one thing that has been really interesting, a little bit overwhelming to get used to is man prepping to go to these races. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. You travel all over the place. You have so many things that you're, you're doing and you're getting into it. And one thing I really appreciated. So for instance, the hundred, we went to a different state. It was a four day trip. Like it took us, we, we did the trip in two days going there and, and back. Cause we would go halfway and then spend the night and then, um, go, go the full way. And one thing I really appreciated about it was cause I'd already paid my dues. I'd already registered. Everything was paid for, for this, for this ride. And when you get there, you check in with the vets, you get your horse checked out the day before you, you do the ride um make sure you get you're good to go and then the next day's the ride well it was at that vet check that my hundred horse came up lame and wasn't given the green card to keep going forward and finish and man it was a lot of work like I mean not even just what I put into myself to get myself ready for a ride but just just the money just the travel just the fact that we had to take time off work and all of these things to get there and then you pay your dues and the dues are just as expensive as going to a show. <laughs> you know, that's, it is not a cheap thing to do, but one thing I really appreciated was they did actually refund all of my money because I didn't start the race. And I really appreciated that because to me, I think that speaks to the fact that, Hey, they get it. Horses come up lame and they, they're not going to push you into a situation where you feel like you have to push your horse harder than you need to. So pulling isn't, is, is an option, right? Because you can get your money back. And, and I really liked that um, because it can't have been easy or it probably isn't easy for the ride managers to refund your money. It takes a lot of work to put on these things. And, um, but, I, but I did appreciate that, you know, cause one, it took a lot of stress off of me, but also just like you said, having that horse in mind of this is about the horse and we get your horse came up lame. Like that sucks. Yes. Let's, let's refund your money and let's take some of that pressure off. So it's not, you don't feel like you have to push your horse harder than you need to, which I really appreciated. Now, if I would have started the race, they wouldn't have refunded my money. So I do want to put that out there. You can't like, if I, if I had gone 10 miles into the actual ride, they wouldn't refund my money, which is understandable there. Um, but yeah, I just love that. Like, like I said, that, that one gal pulled her horse because her, her horse strained a little bit while it was peeing and that wasn't normal. So she pulled it, you know, and I just love that. I have a lot of respect for that. Cause like I said, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. And 
there's a lot that goes into these things. And so to be around people who care enough about their horses that that stuff doesn't matter, they'll pull them because something's a little off is really amazing. Yeah, I love that. So what was your favorite part with Sandy? Was there like a moment that was just like, angel singing or (laughs) (laughs) you know honestly the whole thing because just the entire time I mean even from day one when we just pulled up to camp and we're camping I was like angels were singing just because she was like fine with everything we walked around camp and she was fine I rode her a little bit she was fine um she did so good on the rides she performed so well she got a's on her vet checks like all of that combined was just it couldn't have been better honestly um and I went in with the expectation of like I don't even care if we don't come in in time like I just want her to feel good about things I want her to um perform well I want to make sure that like we have A's on our vet checks. I don't want her to come up lame. I don't want anything to be wrong. Even if that means we finished 25 miles in nine hours, like that, that was my attitude going into it, which was helpful as well. I, I had no expectations of finishing anywhere near anybody. Um, so when that was a potential, it was just icing on the cake. It was like, Oh, well, that's exciting, you know, but it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> you know, it was like, I'm just, I'm just happy we finished. Um, yeah, honestly, just the whole thing. It was just, it was really cool to get to that point with my horse. Cause it's been a long, a long time to prep for this. I mean, just like any event, you spend a lot of time with your horse, getting them ready, getting them to a place where they can perform well. And so to actually get there and then see her perform well was just really cool and really, really fun awesome do you have any other fun things to share um well I guess we could talk about like the human aspect of it um because there's a lot of lessons learned (laughs) on my end of things as well like that that's not as much of what I put into Sandy but just into myself you want to talk about that yeah let's do it so um there's a few things. Cause obviously you guys, I mean, if you've been following us long enough, you know, I'm the nutrition fitness nerd. <laughs> that is my thing. But there was a lot that went into me being at a point where I felt really good in all of these races. Um, so the 50 was my first one. I had never even done a 25 before. I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea how much my body would would need you know like it was a long time in the saddle we finished in eight and a half hours I think with with holds and everything um that's a long time it's a long day of posting non-stop and having just a lot of um pounding on on my body and I, I wasn't sure how my body would respond um because when the opportunity to do the 50 came up it was it was a quick thing it was like oh two weeks you want to go you know, so I didn't have time to switch up what I was doing with myself. Um, I was in the middle of a cut and I trained three times a week and then I've been doing my training with Sandy. So I didn't have time to like start running or start, you know, doing anything crazy. The only thing I really could manipulate was my nutrition. So, um, I came out of the calorie deficit, put myself back on maintenance, um, as far as nutrition goes to just help give my body the fuel that it needed. And then training wise, it was just like, well, I mean, I I have it or I don't have it. 
right? Like I'm either going to be in good enough shape to do this or I'm not at this point. There's no nothing. <laughs> and that was a little nerve wracking for me because I was, I wasn't sure if I had it or not. Cause I'm not, I'm not big on cardio. And we've, we've talked about that before in the podcast. Um, I just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not big on cardio. I think as far as like going out and going for a run, I mean, I enjoy it to a point, but I'm not like a big runner. I don't like to run more than about three miles. Three miles is kind of like where I, where I like to be. Um, but I had no idea if, if that kind of conditioning was enough to do a 50 or not. So it was really cool going in and doing the 50 and I wasn't even sore. Like, at all the next day I had so much energy like we got home from the 50 and I went out and did a condition ride with Sandy and I just felt amazing and a lot of that is just because of the work I put in to myself all along and it was really cool to just see how what I do and what I teach my clients to do works <laughs> so to me like that was a big learning experience for me it was like wow what I am teaching people how to do really does or can prepare them for something like that, can prepare them for the unknown, can prepare them for, for different things. And it was really cool for me to have that baptism by fire of what I do, you know, and be like, oh, okay. And um, so it was really cool. Like all, I just trained, did my normal training three days a week. And um, I did nutrition wise though, I did do what we call carb loading. So about uh, five to seven days before the race, I started upping my carbs um, to restore my glycogen storages, which is what your body uses and turns, they, it, your body turns glycogen into glucose, which is then what you use for energy. Um, so the idea with carb loading is that you start storing more of that um, in the form of glycogen. So when you go to do this big event, your body has that to fall back on. And I really do feel like that was one of the biggest things that helped me in the race, both from a performance and recovery standpoint. Um, because I was very well fueled. So um, with that, like I ate up to about 500 grams of carbs and camera, you, you can kind of attest to how many carbs that that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> so I think to put it into perspective, I naturally right now do about 230 grams of carbs, maybe. So I more than doubled my carbs by the end of the, by, by race day. Um, but again, I really do feel like it was, it was the biggest thing because at the 50, I didn't know what to expect at all from anything, right? I had no idea what anything would even be like, what the environment would be like, what we needed to do. And the morning of the race just wasn't ideal. We had a few things come up um, with the horses. I didn't end up getting anything to eat before I just got on the horse and left. And that was not my plan at all. I had planned on getting up and being able to get a little bit of a protein shake and, and getting some good um, fruit and and things in to help fuel myself. And I, zero, zero calories going going into this 50. And I was like, well, shit, like, I guess we'll see how this, how this ends up. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe I'm going to pass out on my horse. <laughs> I know, but we'll see. I mean, and granted, I, I took plenty of snacks with me. I, I ride with a camelback, so I had plenty of water. So it was just like, well, I guess we'll see if these stores really work. And they did. I mean, I was, I was very well fueled and I ate, I ate a lot on the trail. Um, as well. And you get really good at posting and eating and posting and drinking. So if you ever do that, I do suggest though, don't, don't 
take anything on trail that you really have to chew you know like I did mashed potatoes and baggies and just sucked them is <laughs> pretty much what I did in some like granola bars um but like really like breakable granola bars because I I would have choked if it was anything more than just those <laughs> Cameron's you mean like me don't have a piece, piece of jerky in your mouth and like ah, ah. oh yeah no because I had originally thought oh yeah I'll take some jerky and stuff but no like you really are posting the entire time the entire time like we stopped like every maybe couple of miles to let the horses drink and eat but we only stopped for a couple of minutes like you know then you get off and you pee once in a while that's it like that's that's the only point that you're not actively posting um so that was something too that I learned learned a lot about nutrition and food or my food on that um but one thing I learned um that Camry and I've been talking a lot about is actually I've changed my mind on what we've talked about with stirrups and mm. and things and she and I talked about it but you guys have probably heard us talk quite a bit about where we like our stirrups and and everything. And I'm somebody who is very particular about feet placement and stirrups because I have been drugged by horses. I've had people come off and, and get stuck in stirrups. And so I am very anal about it. And I always have been with everybody I teach, like where, where your foot should be. It's so when you do fall off, it comes off. That is always my goal is if you fall off, I want it out of the stirrup. I do not want you anywhere in that stirrup. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking on the 50 because after about 25 miles, my feet were killing me. My toes were numb, even though I had a nice endurance saddle with big wide stirrups and, and pretty much everything was prepped. My feet were really hurting. Um, and I got to talking with my mentor about it. So we actually raised my stirrups more because we found that I was pushing down a little bit too much with, with the top or with the ball of my foot into the stirrups. But then she also stood by and kind of watched me ride by her for a second and um, told me I actually need to put my foot in further into the stirrup. Now, guys, my anxiety went like through the roof <laughs> doing this because <laughs> like not only I'm like on a new horse too, like it's not, it's not ideal but I am definitely somebody who is always like, no, you have the ball of your foot just barely in the stirrup and that's it because then you can for sure come out of that stirrup, right? So now I'm pushing my foot now like to where, um, so the ball of my foot, my stirrups are probably about four inches wide, just so you guys can have for uh, clarity there. So I'm, I'm pushing my foot far enough into these stirrups that the ball of my foot is closer to the end of my stirrup. Um, so like the end of the ball of my foot, that makes sense. Anyways, I'm pushing my foot in there <laughs> a lot more than I'm comfortable with. And I'm also, I don't ride in boots, um, because boots kill my feet, like actual Western boots. I ride in hiking boots. So that's also a little bit of a nerve factor for me as well, because you know, they're a little bit more grippy. They're a little bit harder to come out in some situations. So doing that was like, uh, I don't know about this, but okay, we'll try it because my, there was no way my feet could handle another 25 miles if something didn't change because my feet were done. Um, but just by making those small adjustments, so raising my stirrups up more than I thought they should be, um, and then actually pushing in my foot more. So I didn't have the tendency to want to push my, my toes down. Um, my, my feet had to stay flat was actually really, really helpful. And that's something that I've been doing quite a bit of. Um, 
now and I've been playing around with and videoing myself with and trying to figure out, okay, like from a biomechanical standpoint, like, does this work? And it actually helps a lot because it keeps, it keeps a lot of the pressure out of my feet when my feet are in the stirrup a little bit more than where I had been putting them originally. So that's, that's a big one I learned as well. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, um, one of the several videos that I watched when I was trying to figure out where I wanted my stirrup placement and things and how I wanted to change that was talking about putting your foot further in the stirrup because when you put your foot further back and you have mostly your toes and just only the edge like the front of that ball of your foot in the Mm -hmm. stirrup it tends to make you want to push down with your toes and then your heels Mm -hmm. come too far up Mm -hmm. Um, and it just makes you it's almost like if you think of like reaching for a high shelf in the kitchen right you know where you're going to be up on that top of your foot to try and reach Um, And so they said, yeah, but if you slide your foot just a little bit further in, then that's more the weight bearing part of your foot that like when you're just walking with a flat foot, that's the part that's going to carry the weight. And so that's the part that you want to be carrying the weight in the saddle. So, and so, yeah, it's, but it is different because I always was the same way, especially, you know, cult starter here, like you don't want your feet stuck in those stirrups. So it was always a lot more of like just the the little bit of your foot in the stirrup so that you can make sure you don't get dragged and and uh but yeah it's it does help quite a bit to have the the ball of your foot a little further in that stirrup yeah and I think an important distinction too is you don't want it so far that like your heel is touching the back of the stirrup because I see that a lot and actually what happens with that and I've had this happen with a student one time if you come off on that, it's like, yeah, your foot's not going to go all the way through the stirrup. That's not always the problem. But what had happened with her is she had her foot all the way in. So the back of her heel was touching the back of the stirrup. When she fell off, her toes came up and then she was locked into that stirrup because the heel caught the bottom of the stirrup. Her toes caught the front of, or the top of her stirrup. Did I say that right? Heel caught the bottom of her stirrup, toes caught the top. Yay. <laughs> um, but so she was locked into that strip and she was very lucky that my lesson horse was just very chill and just stood there and let me get a hold of him while I because I had to end up actually lifting her up and getting her almost halfway up into the stirrup to get her foot flat again to get her foot out of the stirrup. Um so I think that's that's an important thing to realize too. We're not talking all the way in because that's just as dangerous, I feel like, as having it too far, whatever. Um, so if you think about, well, maybe do you, do you, I think I sent you that video. Am I the one who sent you that video? Uh, I watched several and I'm not okay. sure if that was one of the ones you sent me or if that was one that I found on my own or not. I can't remember. Okay. Well, I think, I think it might be one I sent you. We'll link to that video. Um, cause if it's the one that I sent you, then I've, I've got that one. Um, but we'll link to that one just so you guys can have a better idea of what we're talking about. Cause I think visualization, it's hard to explain it. Um, but yeah. Well, like for me, it's a lot of just like feeling it. So like walk around with bare feet and the arch of your foot is not what's going to carry your weight, Mm -hmm. right? It's your heel and the ball of your foot. And so that's like what you're talking about there of if you put your foot so far in that your heel is, is coming up to touch your stirrup, you're putting all the weight on the arch of your foot. And I guarantee you, if you would have tried to do that 50 with your 
the arch supporting your weight, you would have been so sore. <laughs> so yeah, like you don't want that arch of your foot taking all of the weight, but you also don't want the tips of your toes. Like if you were to walk around in your kitchen for five minutes with being on just the very edge of the ball of your foot and up on your toes, like not your tippy toes, but you know, with your toes flat, yeah, you're going to get sore, you know? So it's realizing what's going to be more beneficial for the way that your body naturally works and how it's going to help the rest of your leg and everything work because of where you place the weight. That's kind of what helps me the most is like just feeling it myself and like walking around my house. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that's perfect. Actually, that explanation is perfect. I love that. I think go practice guys, walk around your house. <laughs> So one other thing that, man, I learned the hard way, <laughs> and it's just one of those, you know, how sometimes people will tell you things and you'll be like, yeah, sure, but it's probably not going to be that bad. This is one of those moments. So <laughs> <laughs> I normally ride in leggings because um, jeans, they ride up on me and they, I've actually had jeans cut open the sides of my knees and especially with how, how much I'm trotting and how far I go. So I normally ride in condition in leggings and it's never really been a problem. Um, cause you know, they're, they're nice and loose and I don't care if they get ripped. They're not too super expensive. Cause you go and you look up breeches and breeches are expensive. Um, so, and for those who don't know what breeches are, they are English riding pants. Um, that have like knee patches and, and whatnot on them. Um, but when I was doing it, my, my mentor had looked at the pants and she's like, are those normally what you ride? And I was like, yeah, yeah, these are what I ride. And she's like, mm, I'm not really sure about those. I think those seams might, might bug you. I'm like, and I, in my head, I'm going, yeah, but I've ridden so much in them. That'll probably be fine. Probably won't be a big deal. And I did have a pair of breeches that I got, um, a little while back that I, I don't love, but I was like, well, I'll bring those along. And for the 50, it started out and it was pretty cold in the morning. So I put my leggings on underneath and then put my breeches on over top and just saying, Oh, it won't be a big deal. It'll be fine. Well, the first loop was a full 25 miles, right? Well, by the end of those 25 miles, I had the worst bruises Anywhere I had seams on those leggings was angry and red and hurt so bad. <laughs> so we get to the holding point um, after that first loop and I immediately took those off and just put my breeches on, but they had bruised enough that oh, just getting back on the horse, it was hard to sit. It was not great. So the last 25 miles was just not the best because trying to get my legs like numb to the fact that they were getting, you know, pounded on, um, for the next 25 miles where there were already bruises, not great. So listen to people. <laughs> They're serious when they tell you stuff. <laughs> and, uh, get breaches. <laughs> breaches are important. <laughs> Famous last words. It'll be fine. <laughs> fine. Well, you know, there's my ego, right? Where I'm like, well, I've ridden enough in these. Like, it won't be that big of a deal. Yeah. No, not not worth it. That is not a lesson I want to learn again because it really did. Getting back on the horse, it it was hard because of how badly they were bruised. That it just. Oh, 
<laughs> to get back on and ride at like and have to post and like oh yeah not fun so that is another thing um that I I learned the hard way so learn from me guys leggings are not soft enough you cannot have inseams <laughs> if you're gonna go 25 miles or more in one go um just not not worth dealing with I learned a lot. Like I, gosh, I'm like looking at my notes right now. I've got like three pages of notes. Um, but there's, there's a ton and really it's so enjoyable. And if I can get more friends who want to do it with me, I would be so happy. So give it a try guys. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, come move to Idaho and come go do yeah, some endurance riding come with, ride with me. <laughs> I need more friends, <laughs> but no, there it's, it was such a cool experience and I'm just so excited for more and to just see what else we can do and what else I can pull out from my own fitness. I think that's one thing I've enjoyed so much about this is it makes me train myself as much as it makes me train my horse, you know, and no other discipline gave me that where this truly does. Like I am pushing my body just as hard as I'm pushing my horse. And to me, it's just, it's just perfect for me right? Because that's just, it just fits me so well. I just love the fact that everything that I'm doing for myself is directly related to what I'm doing with my horse and vice versa, right? So it's just, from that standpoint, it just makes me feel like, I don't know. I don't know if you, if you're the same way, but I sometimes miss doing sports in like college and high school and miss having that. And I feel like this is giving me that back where I am having to train. I'm showing up. My horse is my partner. My horse is my teammate. And she and I, it, it does matter. Like both of our conditionings matter. Both of our strength strengths matter. So it's been amazing. I've just been loving it. Definitely hooked. <laughs> oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> right. right. Well, it's so fun about the horse industry though. There's something for pretty much anyone. You know, I mean, there's roping, which has never spoken to me. It's my husband's thing. There's endurance, there's dressage, there's you know, so many things, Western English, slow, fast, speed events, judged events. I mean, just anything you can think of tricks. I mean, you know, all, all of it. So it's just so fun that you can find, everyone can find the thing that, that does that for them. Right. That's just like, Oh, makes them so giddy inside. <laughs> it's like, yay. So I'm so glad that you found your thing. And it sounds Me like Sandy too. found hers too. You know, I hope she just so. <laughs> the fact that she did so well there and that she showed a little bit of uncertainty but wasn't like a complete disaster. It's like, oh yeah, like you like this, you know, you're it's your thing too. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I really do, because otherwise I have no idea what her thing is. We've tried a lot. <laughs> but I agree. And like you said, I, I love I love that outlook because you know what? Endurance isn't gonna be for everybody. Just like roping isn't ever isn't it for everybody. So find your thing, and there's always going to be good people and bad people too. So just realize, like, you know, the environment is going to be what you make it, and there's going to be people who are going to be raunchy or or not nice, and there's going to be be people who are so giving and caring and just want to see you succeed in any of those disciplines. Um, so just find your people. Agreed. <laughs> Awesome. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Horsewoman Project. 
If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.